Yaakov is about to start a story and all of a sudden his memory is wiped clean. He can't remember even one story. He doesn't know what's going on. It's never happened to him before. He literally <laughs> spent hours of his life, days of his life with the Bashantan. And as he finishes the story, this uh, Pinchas, he, he sees he's very, very happy and he starts to cry. He starts to weep like a child, but out of happiness. everybody. Thank you for being here. This week's story is about the Baal Shem Tev, uh, but it's, it starts at the moment the Baal Shem Tev is about to pass away. The Baal Shem Tev, before he passed away, he called all of his Talmidim together and he gave each of them uh, instructions as to what they should do after he passes on, what their mission in life should be. And, you know, most people, he gives them, uh, a you know, something pretty prestigious to do. And then he had one student, one one Talmud whose name was Rabbi Yaakov, and he told him that his job was to tell stories of the Baal Shem Tev. He was one of the closest Talmudim of the Baal Shem Tev, and therefore he was around when many of, you know, the most amazing things of the Baal Shem Tev happened. And so, Baal Shem Tev tells him, this is going to be your job. You're going to go around from town to town, and you're going to say stories of the Baal Shem Tev. Now, in those days, to hear a story of the Baal Shem Tev, it wasn't a simple thing because you couldn't write. And then everything was by word of mouth or by message, so it was a very rare thing. And therefore, it was it was a way to make a living. But uh, Rabbi Yaakov wasn't sure why this was going. This was his lot with his stories. But of course, you listen to your Rebbe, and so he started to do this. And he went from town to town. And one of the towns that he ended up in, he heard. But there was a very rich man. The way I heard the story, his name was Repinchas. I don't know if that's necessarily his name, but um, he heard that this Repinchas gives a golden coin to whoever could tell him the story of the Bashantim. And so he uh, goes to this Repinchas. Repinchas says, I want you to say the story on Friday night in my house. And he announces to everybody in the show, and he lets it, you know, the word goes around. He's going to be a special storyteller, one of the Talmidim of the Baal Shem Tev, who's going to say his story. So a bunch of people, a bunch of people um, you know, the house was very crowded. Everybody, everyone wanted to hear their story. Um, and he, you know, they eat, and sometime at the, you know, in the middle of the meal or after the meal, uh, the Baal Abbas, this Repinchas, presents Rabbi Yaakov and says, now he's going <laughs> to... He says, now he's going to say the story of the Baal Shem Tev. And Yaakov is about to start a story and all of a sudden his memory of any story of the Baal Shem Tev is wiped clean. He can't remember even one story. So uh, he, he mumbles an apology. He doesn't know what's going on. It's never happened to him before. He literally <laughs> spent hours of his life, days of his life with the Baal Shem Tev. So the Baal Abbas was, uh, he didn't even show any sign of anger and he just, uh, he said, okay, our guest is probably very tired. Come back tomorrow for the meal. And a bunch of people were, you know, wondering if this guy is even a, a real, real Talmud of Baal Shantav. Maybe he's an imposter. You know, this guy says he lived his whole life. Sometimes he can't remember one story. Fine. People come back the next day. It was less of a crowd than the night before, but there's still a lot of people. And again, the same thing happens. He presents him, say a story at a certain point, and he's about to say a story and can't remember anything. And Repinchas again was very patient and he said, he, he for sure had a very long and, and, and you know, arduous week. Let's come back for Shalashudas. And now more people were like, okay, this guy's an imposter. And Rabbi Yaakov is so embarrassed. He doesn't know what's going on. He can't, he can't, you know, and he, he starts to think to himself, maybe 
The Baal Shem Tev, I forgot to say a detail, the Baal Shem Tev told him, you'll know when you have to stop saying stories. You'll, 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 it'll be clear to you. So he said, maybe this is the sign. Maybe if I forget all the stories, this is the sign the Baal Shem Tev is talking about that I have to, that, that I should stop telling stories. Anyway, they come back for, for Shalash uh, Suris. People come back and it's even less of a crowd. Some hopeful, optimistic people come. And once again, the same thing repeats itself. He can't remember a story. And he's so pained and perturbed by this. And the Balabas asks him, you know, not to give up and to try. And he even stays there for another two days. Well, Balabas asked him, the Pinchas asked him to, you know, keep on staying just in case. And he couldn't remember. On the day as he's getting, you know, two days later, as he's getting ready to leave, all of a sudden he remembers one story. He runs as fast as he could to Repenchas and says, Repenchas, I remember the story. So Repenchas right away, you know, brings him into his, his, his private study and says, tell me the story. And he says like this. One Matzei Shabbos, as many, I'll send the story, stories go. I think it was Matzei Shabbos, could be, it wasn't that, but I believe it was though. Um, we got into the wagon, the Balsantas, they were going somewhere. And as was customary, when we went into the wagon, the horses took off and it felt as if we were flying through the air and we quickly got to a certain town. And we go through the town to a certain place which looked to be the, the Jewish ghetto. And we knocked on one of the doors over there and it looked like all, it looks like a ghost town. Nobody's outside. All the, the doors are shut. We knock on the door and somebody unlocks the door and carefully peeps out of the door and sees it. And he says, come in quickly. They come in and he tells the Baal Shamtev and, and his Talmudim that there's, uh, tonight is a night when the bishop's going to give his, uh, his fiery sermon, his, his hate-filled hate speech against the Jews. He's going to incite a lot of violence against Jews. And so we're staying inside and hoping that no one's going to bother us. We're remaining out of sight. And so, you know, you came here on the wrong night, but at least stay here. Don't, don't, don't go out. But the Baal Shem Tev had other plans, Rabbi Yaakov says. He called over to me and he said, I want you to go over to the priest, to this bishop, and you need to tell him the Baal Shem Tev is calling him over and to come right away. And the owner of the home says, you're crazy. You're sending him to his death. What are you doing? You're going to, and you're going to bring problems on us. And the Baal Shem Tev looks at him and says, you know, I don't know if, whatever he says, he made it clear that he knows what he's talking about. And I, Rabbi Yaakov, even though I was scared, I knew the Baal I'm following his orders, nothing bad will happen to me. And so I went through the crowds, listening to the sermon. Nobody even looked at me. Nobody paid attention to me as if I wasn't there. I went straight up to the bishop and I tell him what the Baal says. And uh, he, he, he was caught off guard. And after a moment, he regained his composure and he says, Okay, I'll come after my sermon. So I go back to the Vashantav, I tell the what he said, and the says, no, go back and tell him he has to come now, or it will be too late. So he said. So he goes back, and once again, nobody looks at him, that he's not there. Absolute miracle. And he tells this to the bishop, and the bishop excuses himself and comes right after him and goes into the house. And he sees the Vashantav, and right away, he starts to cry. And the Vashantav brings him into a side room, and it was in there with him for hours. And afterwards, after they came out, this bishop ran away. He, he ran quickly and he was never heard from again in that town. And uh, further, more than this, what happened in that room, we don't know. Uh, and uh, we don't know what happened after that. And as he finishes the story, this uh, Pinchas, he, he sees he's very, very happy. And he starts to cry, he starts to weep like a child, but out of happiness. And after he calms down, Pinchas tells him, let me tell you the rest of that story. I was that bishop and I, uh, I grew up, you know, with, from parents. I grew up, you know, with, with God-fearing parents, but they, 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 
they passed away when I was very young and I fell in with the wrong crowd and eventually, you know, ended up with, with the, you know, the combination of my talents and, and where I was in life, I, you know, ended up in the church and they promised me a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, material wealth and material good and I, you know, I went after it and to the point where I got promoted to becoming, you know, from one level to the next to the next level, I became a bishop in this town and I, uh, for whatever reason, for whatever personal gains, I started to even incite hate against Jewish people. And the Balshantam, he told, he, he, you know, I don't remember, one once when I heard when I, I heard the story, I read the story in different locations, different sources, and some places say there were letters going between Rav Shemtiv and him for a long time. He wanted to come back. The Rapinchas wanted to come back, but he didn't know how. He wasn't ready yet. Or there were dreams. His father. But either way, he kept on pushing off his you know doing tshuva until that night. Rav Shemtiv gave him a directive. The Rav gave him a directive how to do tshuva, and he told him that when my student comes and tells you. This story, that's when you're going to know that your teshuva was accepted fully. Whether you were fully, fully, if teshuva was fully accepted. So, Pinchas tells Rabbi Yaakov, when I saw you, I knew that it was, it was time. I knew that this was a chance. And when you forgot the story every single time, I knew that it wasn't a problem with you, it was a problem with me. I didn't do full teshuva yet. And for the next few nights, I cried and I did as much teshuva as I could. And, for, and, and, and therefore, the, the past few nights, I, I, you know, I, I kept on you know, just doing as much teshuva and, 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 and really calling out to Hashem the depths of my, of my soul. And finally, this morning you remembered, and so now I know that my shiva is accepted. So, and, and, and you know, that was, he gave Rabbi Yaakov a very big sum of money, and he was able to stop, you know, running around and, you know, wandering and telling stories, and he was able to live out the rest of his life very happily. And uh, this is a story of Rabbi Yaakov, a storyteller, the Bashemtiv and uh, the Balchuva. May we all be able to... Uh, do the tshuva we're supposed to. As we know, tshuva is not just repenting on sins, but it's coming closer and closer to Hashem. May we all merit to do it every single day of our lives and uh, be able to merit the ultimate tshuva, which is, you know, Mashiach. We be united with Hashem, King. And the Gutvach, thank you for watching. Like and subscribe. And this is a hakel. This is a hakel. <laughs>